Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all in the parking lot together. In one place. Suddenly the sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came in rest on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were God-fearing Jews. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us here in his own native language? You have a little uh, sermon outline there with a little uh, fill-in. And uh, let me just get started because in Genesis chapter 11, there's a real interesting story about the Tower of Babel. And I'm sure that most of you know about the story of the Tower of Babel. But in Genesis chapter 11, right after the flood, shortly after, there were a group of people, as the story shows, who learned a new technology. Now, obviously, the population wasn't as large. And the new technology they learned was how to make bricks. And what they decided to do was now they could make even bigger buildings. So they found a plane, a plane called Shinar. And there they said, we are going to build a city and we are going to build a tower that reaches into the heavens. Now what's kind of interesting, scripture says that they were doing this to make a name for themselves. They were going to make a name for themselves. And the other reason why they were building a tower to reach heaven is that's very significant. What they were saying is, we want to be independent of God. We don't want to depend on God. We want to make, reach heaven ourselves. Now what's interesting in Genesis chapter 11, it says that God came down. Why is that significant? It's significant because the tower never reached up into the heavens. If it had reached up into the heavens, Scripture would have said God had came over. But God came down. And as he saw the unity, as he saw the oneness, as he saw the one language and all that they accomplished, God took note and said, they will do the impossible. They can do the impossible because of their united language. Because of their oneness, because of their commitment. And God saw that they were independent of him. So what does he do? This is where we get the word Babel from. He gave them all different languages where they didn't know what they were saying to one another. And as a result, scripture says that they scattered. That which was going to bring them together... God now scattered through languages. 
Now let's fast forward to today and what we're celebrating, Pentecost. Pentecost reversed what God did in Genesis chapter 11. Let me give you a little comparison. Babylon represents rebellion and arrogance. Pentecost represents unity and humility. At Babel, people wanted to make a name for themselves. At Pentecost, people wanted to glorify God. Babylon is an example of confusion. Pentecost brought peace. How do I know Pentecost brought peace? Just ask those 3,000 people who were saved that day after Peter preached. Babylon is an example of man's will. Pentecost is an example of God's will. Babylon shows men full of themselves. Pentecost shows men full of God. Babylon shows God's judgment. Pentecost shows God's blessing. The message of Babylon was this. What were they saying at Babylon? We are God's small g, plural. At Pentecost, the message is we are God's capital G, apostrophe S. At Babylon, it brought about the destruction of the tower. At Pentecost, it brought the foundation of the church. The message of Babylon is God is nowhere. The message of Pentecost, God is now here among us. You can't help but read the record of the first day of Pentecost, of the, of the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, and, and not help realize God is among us. We don't need to build a tower in order to reach God. He dwells among us. Now on that first day of Pentecost, on that day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, it gives us three principles that we need to take note of as a church. The principles, first principle, is this. The church must have an atmosphere. The church must create an atmosphere where God's spirit may move and dwell among us. Why do I say that? I was just reading on Friday during our prayer time in 2 Chronicles. Remember at the building of Solomon's temple and they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant? Listen to the atmosphere the priests created. It says this in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, the priests then withdrew from the holy place. All the priests who were there consecrated themselves 
regardless of their divisions. You get that? Regardless of their divisions, they consecrated themselves. They were accompanied by 120 priests sounding trumpets. 120 priests. Where else do we read about 120? The trumpeters and the singers joined in unison as with one voice to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied the trumpeters, cymbals and other instruments. They raised their voice to the Lord as one. He is good. His love endures forever. Then do you know what took place? The atmosphere that they created says this, that the temple of the Lord was filled with a cloud. We know that as the Shekinah glory. And the priests could not perform their services anymore because of the cloud of the glory of the Lord that filled the temple. Now on the day of Pentecost, they created an atmosphere where the Bible says they were what? They were all came together. The King James says they were in one accord. And as a result, they were unified. What unified them? There was a promise from God who said, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the promise my father has said he would give to you. For in a few days, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and with power. The one thing that united them was the promise from the father. And there was a spirit of expectancy. We need to have a spirit of expectancy when we come into the house of the Lord. We need to consecrate ourselves despite our divisions. We need to come to the house of the Lord in one accord with one voice to create an atmosphere where the Shekinah glory of God falls upon us. What is it that unites us today? We have a promise from God, don't we? That he is coming again. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves as some are in the habit of doing. But even what? Encourage one another. Even more as you see the what? The day approaching. What day? The coming of the Lord. <clears throat> what else unites us? Not only that promise that he's coming again. But I'll tell you what else unites us is the mandate of the commission of reaching all this world for Jesus Christ, making disciples of all nations. This week I had a two hour meeting with the foreign missions committee. And what we're not hearing in the news is Mexico City is in is in just dire need with this pandemic. India is just, I mean, in disarray. Brazil. Do you know that there have been total tribes that have been wiped out alongside, along the Amazon River? Total tribes. And I'm thankful for, for missionaries like well, who is, come on, what, uh, Julia Buso's father, Dave Hansen. Dave Hansen years ago used to go up and, up and down the Amazon 
ministering through all those tribes. Steve Forbes, we had him a couple years ago, still ministers up along the Amazon to all those tribes. And my prayer is those tribes that have been wiped out because of this pandemic, I pray that they are not spending eternity without Christ. We have a commission that unites us to reach this world for Jesus Christ. Secondly, the church must draw the attention of those who are outside of us. You can't help but read the book of Acts. And the, the, the early church was powerful where it, it, it drew the attention of many. Here in Acts, we read that there was a sound of wind that what? It drew a crowd. There were tongues of fire. They spoke in other languages. What took place on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 were signs that drew others. The Bible says some, some were amazed. Amazed. When was the last time our community was amazed at the moving of God in their community? We need to draw an attention of our community as to what God is doing. And let me tell you something. When God starts moving on the inside, it will create an attention for those on the outside. The wind, the tongues, the fire. Oh, I pray that we as Pentecostal people, filled with God's Spirit, we create a hunger and a thirst in our communities that would draw attention that they need Him. Now, I know what some of you are going to say. That yes, there were some that were amazed. If you read down a little further, there were some who were amused. Are not these people drunk? Ha 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 ha! You know, most of our persecution today, it's not really persecution. It's just being made fun of. But let me tell you something. There will always be those who are amused. But there are a lot more people who are amazed with the power of God. The church must have an atmosphere. We must create an atmosphere of oneness. For the moving of God's presence in our sanctuary that attracts the outsiders to come. And third, the church door must be open to everyone. The church doors must be open to everyone. It says in Acts 2, 6, because each one, each one heard them speaking their own language. Nobody was excluded that day. They were all included. And we need to be a church where our doors are open to everyone. As far as I know, whosoever is still a part of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever... In 1963, Dr. Martin Luther King 
made this statement. And he says this. It is appalling. It is appalling that the most segregated hour in Christian America is Sundays at 11 o'clock. Did you hear that? It's appalling that the most segregated hour in Christian America is Sundays at 11 o'clock. Now that was 57 years ago. And I can honestly say that in 57 years, yes, the church has become physically more diverse. Physically more diverse. But my friends, I believe the events of this past week shows that we still have a long ways to go inwardly. And there cannot be prejudice in the church. There cannot be discrimination in the church. Our doors is still, are still open to the whosoever. No Jew, no Gentile, no free, no slave, no male, no female. All one created in God's eyes. And what a glorious day that will be with our Spanish brothers up in heaven, with our African brothers up in heaven, with all tongues and all tribes forever in the presence of God, glorifying Him. Let me also say this. There can't be discrimination of age groups either. Isn't, isn't it amazing? Paul says these words to Timothy. Don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example in speech and in life and in love and in faith and in purity. You know, it's, 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 it's amusing how sometimes we have the attitude, ah, you're so young, God can't use you yet. And then we'll look at someone who is so seasoned and we'll say, ha, you know, you're so old, how can God use you? Well, if you're too young to be used by God and you're too old to be used by God, who can God use? And you know what I've realized over the years? That I've met many young people and young adults who are very mature. And I can also say that I've met some older people who have been very immature. It's not a matter of age, but it's a matter of your walk with Jesus Christ that makes one mature. Do you realize, Pastor Bonnie, you can come, Moses. Mo God did not use Moses until he was 80 years old. Did you know that? God did not use Moses until he was 80 years. The first 40 years of Moses' life, he thought he was a somebody. The second 40 years of Moses' life, he knew he was a nobody. But you know what? The last 40 years of Moses' life, he realized and recognized and saw that God can use a nobody. 
I'm just a nobody who wants to tell everybody all about somebody. Come on, you know that. I'm just a nobody who wants to tell everybody about somebody. Listen, if we want to tell everyone about somebody, it's not going to happen by building a tower to heaven, but it's going to come as a result of creating an atmosphere of one where God can move in our presence, where the community will take note of what's taking place and our doors are open to the whosoever will. I know about you, but I'm challenged on this Pentecost Sunday that despite our differences, the Holy Spirit came and made us one. I want to close with one verse. I, Friday morning as I was reading Second Chronicles, I came to the seventh, the seventh chapter of Second Chronicles when Solomon finished praying. Fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifice and the glory of the Lord once again filled the temple. The priest could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, it says this, they knelt on the pavement. They knelt on the pavement. And I'm scratching my head thinking, did they have pavement back then? But to me, it was a sign saying, God wants his people to bow before him even on the pavement. And I'll tell you what, we're going to be Pentecostal. If you're here this morning and you have a health crisis and you desire to be anointed and prayed for, we haven't been able to do this for 11 weeks. We're given the opportunity this morning. If you don't want to come out of your car, if you just wave your hand and want to be anointed, Pastor Todd will come around. We're going to have a glove. We have a long Q-tip that we will anoint. And after it's touched your forehead, we will throw it away and get a new Q-tip. So no one's going to be touched with the same Q-tip. We can do this within health safety. Or if you want to come and kneel at this altar, there are carpet squares provided for you. And we will come and anoint you and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Would you join us in singing some old-fashioned Pentecost songs? And those who, who want to be anointed and want to stay in your car, if you could just wave your hand. Pastor Todd will come around. Pastor Jamal will come around. Or if you want to come out of your car, we, we're allowed to have a gathering of 25 or less. If you just want to come and kneel on the pavement, Let's give glory and honor to the Lord.